Harvard, Yale, and Princeton may be some of the most prestigious universities in the U.S., but there's another school that's better than them all, and it's accessible to everyone who wants to learn. Find out how to enroll today on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Thanks for joining us. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you aboard the Bible bus as we continue our five-year journey through the entire Word of God. And today, we pull up to Proverbs chapter 9. So as you grab your seat and open your Bible, Greg is here with some great letters from our fellow passengers here in North America. Yes, Steve, but they have a special twist, which is they're not in English. Yes. So we, we are so excited, and it's letter month, so remember to share your story, but let's jump right in. Yeah, the first one's from uh, a Spanish listener named Marlon. I'm a Christian since 2003. I have listened to you since the Holy Spirit guided me here. Every day I learn about his word, and I thank God for that. I was an atheist who depended on science, but God found me, and today I am his servant. He gave me gifts, and I preach his word in the streets, and many are saved. For that I thank God, and may he continue to instruct you in this great ministry. Wonderful. So wonderful to see God using us as part of this man's spiritual journey. Uh, so that was Spanish. Now from the Arabic Bible bus. I am an Iranian believer from Canada who believed in Jesus Christ 10 years ago. Through you, I have become fascinated and enamored with the Word of God, and great secrets have been opened to me from this book. My vision of Christianity and the way I look at theology has completely changed. I thank God for the dear ones of God, both in the educational group and in the field of translation and narration, who provide such a valuable service to the Iranian Christian community. May the blessing and authority of the name of Christ be upon you and remain forever. Amen. Mm, wow. Thanks for the encouragement. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting about that is most Iranians speak Persian, but this particular Iranian person is listening in Arabic. Arabic. And once again, it's why the digital is so important yes. to us, because anyone, anywhere who speaks any language that we offer can get it. Yeah. It's so interesting how, how immigrants tend to gravitate towards particular areas of the country. Yes. And for Polish, a lot of them live yes. in the greater Chicago area. Absolutely. Very common. And so here's this letter from a Polish listener. My family is from Poland, but we live in Chicagoland. So many people from my homeland live here. It feels like at times we're back home. But we have better teaching from Bible here than ever had back in homeland. It's interesting how yeah, the language is. a little, little rough, but it's authentic. Yeah. <laughs> my family gathers one night every week for family dinner. Afterwards, while we wash dishes, we listen to your program. We are streaming it, so sometimes we push pause and talk about it. It might take us all night to wash the dishes. Thank <laughs> you for promoting such good fellowship around the word for my family. We thank God for you. Wow, and it's almost as if uh, that letter wanted to make the point we just discussed, yeah. which is this is why we are not uh, against radio. We're, we're still using radio all over the world. We just use it when it's the best a medium, yep. but the digital is, isn't that awesome? We, we can pause it. We talk about it. You know, they basically yeah. form a listening, listening group. Yeah. And we're seeing that we don't have time to talk yeah. about it now, but with our digital initiative, we're seeing stuff where we'll put it into a language Arabic and it, next thing it shows up in like 23 countries Absolutely. In, in, in weeks. Yes. It's amazing. It is. It's flinging the seeds. Yeah. Steve. Greg, we're out of time. Pray for us. 
Father, we thank you. We do thank you that you're letting us fling the seed. And uh, we simply want to be faithful and let you get all the glory because you do all the work in people's lives. We pray you'll do that today and in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's begin in Proverbs 9 on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Now today we come to this ninth chapter of the book of Proverbs. And we've come now to the place where wisdom has opened school. This is the first day of school. And the young man now has matriculated in the school of wisdom. We're thankful for that. And the school bell is getting ready to ring. Everything is prepared now. And so we'll look into this school of wisdom. I begin reading at verse 1. Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. She hath killed her beasts. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. She hath sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Now, wisdom has builded her house. This is the college of wisdom. And there are the seven pillars. Now, those seven pillars speak to me of the fact, not of perfection, but of completeness, to receive a complete education, all the way from the kindergarten, all the way through the upper level of college training, the graduate course, to the Ph.D. degree. Here is a complete education. That is, wisdom now hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. There have always been those that like to boast of the fact that the Lord Jesus had 12 men and they were not educated. I received quite a lesson from a man who wrote me a letter of I don't know how many pages. I didn't get any farther than the first page. But his whole point to me was that he did not like me using the term doctor. May I say that I think that when it's an honorary degree, it doesn't mean too much. Then if it's been given out by Mickey Mouse School. I don't think that it's worth too much. But if a man has worked and earned a doctor's degree, there's no reason why he shouldn't use the term as I see it. My feeling is that it's all right to do that sort of thing. But this man did not like that at all because he felt that the 12 apostles, none of them had a doctor's degree. (laughs) Well, let me say this to him and to any others. Don't despise knowledge or wisdom. I'm not sure that the colleges today are giving very much wisdom or knowledge. I am greatly distressed at some of the things that I hear. I know a young man very close to him, and he's working on his master's degree so he can teach. And he's in a course in history where he's been told to forget dates and individuals, all he's tried to find out is to 
get the flavor of any particular age, get the lifestyle, get the attitude of that age. I say to you that that's a pretty slippery type of education in my book. I think facts are very important. I imagine we're going to come to the day when they're going to teach mathematics, that you sort of get the feel of it. You feel for a number. You don't really work out a problem and get the answer. You just feel for it. It's moving in that direction, and I still believe facts are facts. Now, will you listen to this for just a moment? Anyone that spent three years with the Lord Jesus Christ is not an ignorant individual. Those twelve men knew a great deal, even including Judas. They had learned a great deal from the great teacher, the greatest teacher that the world has ever seen. They learned from him. You can't call them ignorant. And after all, Paul was a man trained in that day, and no one could say that he is an ignorant man. So that now, wisdom, and wisdom is the Lord Jesus, and he can give you a complete education. Wisdom hath built her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. She hath killed her beast. She hath mingled her wine. She also hath furnished her table. Now it's time to come to school and start eating. What a picture is given here. Today we have the same thing. The Lord Jesus depicted this age in which we live as a man made a great banquet. And he sent out invitations for everyone, or certain ones, to come to the banquet that they were invited. All things were ready. But that man, the invited guest, didn't come. So he went out in the highways and byways. Wisdom always has to do that. That's interesting. And here... We find that she did that in this case. Verse 3, She hath sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. And she's ringing the school bell, friend. And that bell is to be heard because it is a call to wisdom. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. To him that wanteth understanding, she saith, Come, eat of my bread. Drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. So that there's gone out from wisdom now an invitation. And we're to go out in the byways and highways. And our message is, God's reconciled to you. Be ye reconciled to God. We're ambassadors to get that word out. That's what we're trying to do now by radio here and in conferences, and in speaking. And today, I think the Word is probably going out more than it ever has in the history of the world. And to come to the school of wisdom, come to Christ, if you please. Now, something always happens. There are those that are not going to hear. They won't hear. They're the scorner. And you'll waste your time with Him. There are those that you're wasting your time You cast your pearls before swine. Now, you'll always find, I think, in every church, a little group that'll resist the Word of God. And you're wasting your time giving the Word of God to them. And somebody says, oh, we should just keep on. No, he says, cast not your pearls before swine, 
And listen now to what he says here in chapter 9. And some people think this is something that's just been added here, inserted, that it doesn't belong here. Here's the place it does belong. Listen to this. Verse 7. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. And he that rebuketh a lawless man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. You give the word of God to some people, they're going to hate you. Rebuke a wise man, he'll love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. Now, this is a pattern that has come down through the age. Now, there's some people that they are so shallow and empty and ignorant that they'll not receive the Word of God at all. And there are those today that they know so little that they will not accept it at all. We are hearing a great deal about the liberal and how broad-minded he is. Did you know that it's the liberal and the broad-minded individual that has put religion out of our schoolrooms? They speak of us fundamentalists as being bigots. I'd like to know who are the bigots. I do not mind evolution being taught very candidly. You just let me teach the Bible right along with the side of it. But the bigots, the liberals, they say, no, we're not going to have it. I say to you, they're ignorant. I don't care what kind of a degree they've got. They have a narrow mind, not willing for the Word of God to be taught. You're wasting your time with them, too. It's very interesting. The less that a man knows, the more he'll think he knows. That's generally the rule. And I never met a liberal that didn't think he was a very smart cookie. He thought that he knew it all. He thought that he understood and he doesn't understand at all. The more that a man really knows, the more he'll recognize his ignorance and his limitations. One of the men, a great preacher, and I think he had one of the best minds of any man I ever met. I heard him make this statement time and again. He says, the more I study the Bible, the more I recognize how ignorant I am of it. Nobody said to me, you sure know the Bible. Now, may I say this? I don't. I don't want this to get out publicly, and it'll be just between me and you today. You don't realize how ignorant I am of the Word of God. You can't study this book without realizing how ignorant you are of it. And some of my critics that have written in to tell me how little I really know, they're right. These are tremendous statements that you have here concerning the scorner. You waste your time giving anything to him. Now will you notice in verse 10, the fear of Jehovah is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Somebody says, I've heard that before in this book. Yes, when the little fellow was in the home, first lesson he was given was the fear of Jehovah, the fear of the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the holy is understanding. And then the minute he moved out in life, before he even started to school, he was given that again. Before he went to college, he was given that. Now he's entered the college of life and the college of wisdom. This is the university of understanding. And what is his first lesson? He's in his freshman year, 
the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's where you start. And if you haven't started there, you haven't started, friend. A man's a fool. And that's what this book's going to say. A man is a fool to live without God in this world. You mean to tell me that you're so concerned about safety today, safety on the highway and safety in the home, and you want security for your old age, and you want to make sure that everything is proper for this life, and you take care of all the insurance and the premiums are paid up. And may I say, I think you ought to do that. I think that's the wise thing to do. But my brother, what about eternity? Are you making any plans? Do you have any assurance and insurance for eternity? How foolish it is. Oh, how foolish it is to live this life without God. The fear of Jehovah, that's the beginning of wisdom. Now he says, For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. And that applies to eternity. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. If you want to be smart, then make preparation for your soul for eternity. Now, if you're going to be a scorner, ridicule all of these things, well... My brother, you're up for judgment. This may sound crude to you, but somebody ought to tell you this. My friend, you're on the way to hell. That's where you're going. If I told you that when you went out on the freeway that you'd have an accident, why, you would say, well, say, we got to do something about that. But my friend, what about eternity and where you're going there? Now, this is a tremendous thing. If you want to go on in your own way, you're going to be the loser. The very interesting thing is, a man said to me one time, he was the town atheist in the town where I preach, he said, you know, preacher, I don't buy this stuff about eternal life and all that sort of thing and trust in Jesus. He said, that's all right maybe for some folk, but he says, I don't care for that type of thing. Well, I said, now, I want to say this to you. Maybe you are right. Now, suppose you are right. Then I'm even with you. You and I are going to come out at the same place if you are right. But I said, just suppose, just suppose that I am right and you are wrong. I tell you, friend, you're in a pretty bad spot. And as an atheist once said, he says, I would be contented if it wasn't for the awful fact that the Bible may be true. <laughs> yes, it may be. And if it is, it'll be an awful fact when you turn your back upon it. Now, he speaks here again about the foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing. Now, foolishness runs a school too. There seems to be a lot of those around. Verse 14, For she sitteth at the entrance of her house, on a seat in the high places of the city. She doesn't have to go out in the highways and byways and invite people in. They come to her. <laughs> that school of foolishness. Uh, thousands that are going to schools like that to call passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. Now, wisdom wants people that'll come that'll be simple. But my brother, you are simple. If you turn into the school of the foolish woman, whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. 
And as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Stolen waters are sweet, and bread of secrecy is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead are there, and her guests are in the depths of Sheol, are in the depths of hell. Oh, how many so-called wise men have turned in there and found out oh, how tragic, how tragic their end was. It was Byron who wrote toward the end of his life, My days are in the yellow leaf, the flower, the fruit of life is gone, the worm, the canker, and the grief are mine alone. Byron, who had everything, good looks, a genius, he had fame, the applause of the world, he had wealth, had all of these things. And yet he said, the worm, the canker, and the grief are mine alone. That's what it came to for him. And not long ago, a famous movie star in his day was outstanding, married to several of the beauties of the world. And the other day, as an old man, he committed suicide. He left a note. The note said, I'm bored with life. How tragic. May I say to you, foolishness still runs a college, and believe me, there's a waiting list. They all want to join. That's the picture of foolishness. And now this college is underway, and we come now to the first day in class. And in chapter 10, the school bell is rung, and then the young student now is given some guidelines for his life. How important. These are the lessons that we're to learn in the school of Christ. And technically, we have here the Proverbs of Solomon written and set in order by himself. Now, will you notice? The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Have you ever noticed this in life? that if a father has a son that has gone to school and made good grades, and maybe he's even become an outstanding athlete, the old man goes around and brags about it. He tells everybody where his works. My boy, he's a Ph.D. and he's teaching in college. Or my boy, he's on the football team. Have you ever heard a man talk like that? But suppose the boy went and failed and he didn't make the team. The old man, he doesn't say anything about it at all. He keeps his mouth shut. But a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. It's the mother that grieves at a time like that. The father just keeps quiet about it and ignores it. What a picture this is of life. A wise son and a foolish son. You can be either one. And then he says, treasures of wickedness profit nothing but righteousness delivereth from death. Now, again, Christ has been made unto us not only wisdom, but righteousness. He delivers from death. Verse 3, The Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish, but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. And this is true to life of how men that have got together a great fortune. They've gone off and left that fortune. Never really meant much to them. They never really enjoyed it at all. But the very interesting thing is that 
God will bless the righteous man. And that's been true in life, friends. Oh, he'll have his problems and his difficulties, and he's having it rough today. But oh, what a satisfaction and a blessing there is in serving the Lord. Verse 4, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Oh, the difference in people today. Some wonderful Christians are so generous. Others are so tight. And I tell you, the life, that tight individual, I tell you that he is really uptight all the time in everything but the generous soul. What a picture this is. How true to life. Until next time, why, we'll pick up where we've left off today at verse 4 of chapter 10 of Proverbs. May God richly bless you, my beloved. If you'd like to share today's study with a friend or family member, all of these messages in Proverbs are available, and you can find them anytime. Just go to ttb.org forward slash Proverbs, or you can download the app and start your journey anywhere within the five-year series. You can always call us as well at 1-800-65-BIBLE if you've got questions about the ministry. Again, that's ttb.org, the app, or 1-800-65-BIBLE. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll meet you here next time as we continue this wonderful journey through God's entire Word. Through the Bible exists to take God's whole word to the whole world. And we invite you to stand with us with your faithful prayer and financial support. Where will God's word go today?